Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence Strong Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 161 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Adrian. And Adrian and I talked about her incredible story of overcoming struggle in a male-dominated industry and how she was able to really pursue her dreams and her passion despite all the obstacles and how she now understands that the struggle is actually part of her story. Adrian spends her time lifting other women, which is not just a beautiful quality or her generous heart, but also a big part of her mission through the I Am Unbreakable, both podcast and magazine. And her I Am Unbreakable culture represents fearless, resilient female leaders. And she really brings out their authenticity, their unfiltered stories about their third road to personal and professional success. And I'm just so pleased to have her on the podcast sharing her magic with you. Let me properly introduce you to Adrienne. She is a nationally renowned thought leader and an award-winning serial entrepreneur, as well as the founder of the I Am Unbreakable and Star Quality Private Investigations. She's dedicated to empowering women entering in a male-predominant industry and following their dreams regardless of gender obstacles. She is a speaker, media expert, mental health ally, and a Tony Robbins certified results coach. Here is Adrian. Hello, Adrian. Welcome to the show. I am deeply pleased to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and super excited about our chat. Oh, likewise. And I love to start the interview by asking our guests, how do you define confidence and then see the beautiful door that this opens for our conversation today? Oh, I love that. Well, how do you, how do I define confidence? I define confidence as something that's internal and very unique to each individual because what's confidence to me might not be confidence to the next person. For me, it's all about just accepting everything about ourselves and also accepting our strengths, uh, things that we're just, you know, okay with, and also things that need improvement. So it really is for me, self-acceptance. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's very aligned with how I see it as well in the sense of really owning all parts of self, right? And I think there's only one of you and you're the best at being you, right? So I think confidence is oh, really I love stepping that. into that. <laughs> I want a oh. t-shirt that says that. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> And one thing that I wanted to maybe start with that I've heard you say before is the concept that part of anybody's story is their struggle. And this is something that really resonates deeply <laughs> with my heart. So I wanted to start by asking you, 
what does that mean to you? Like, why do you feel and say that the struggle is part of the story? Because I, and thank you so much for asking that. For me, the struggle is part of the story because it is part of your story. Mm-hmm. And I feel that in the day and age of social media and everything, people always make their lives sort of look picture perfect. Yeah, And I feel like things are really evolving that way where people are talking about their struggles. And, you know, the, as you know, the, the name of my podcast and magazine is I am unbreakable mm-hmm. and people have such a misconception of that. And they're like, <laughs> Oh, how did, you know, how are you so unbreakable? And I'm like, because I've been broken because yeah. I have been to hell and back a few times, but mm-hmm. I've gotten out of it and I have risen above the struggle and I have learned from it and I've grown from it. So I feel that growth, confidence, uh, self-esteem and self-love really does come and is born from struggles. So I think mm-hmm. it's just such an important part of our story. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say my personal story not just like from the career and stuff but physical as well that we talked about and I'll link below uh, when you interview me on your show it has a lot to do with struggle like physical pain and so on and for a long time and I would say a lot of our listeners if they're struggling with their weight and there's been like you know two three decades for some of them the the feeling of struggle it almost seems like something that they can shake it off right that Yes, it is part of the story, but it's still very active in keeping them stuck. So from your experience and also the coaching you do with your clients, how do you start to help us shift how we see struggle as really, like you said, this almost like portal and gateway to transformation rather than just something that holds us back if we're still in the midst of it? I love that. And thanks so much for allowing me to answer that because your answers uh, on our podcast mm-hmm. uh, to me was so valuable. Uh, and I think we align our our kind of thought process in yeah. the fact that your body uh, is really, in my opinion, your vessel, your temple, whatever you want to refer to it as. Yeah. And whatever's going on internally in your mind, in your soul is what we need to sort of deal with while we're dealing with whether it's weight issues, whether it's a a contentious divorce, a child Mm -hmm. custody issue, a lost love, the loss of a loved one. Um, We really internally feel that we can cope with that. And you know what? It's not easy and I get it. So when my clients come to me and their lives are falling apart, uh, we typically work on the core of the issue because it's not the fact that necessarily uh, somebody was left for another person, uh, you know, and that happens and it's terrible and tragic and kids involved and all of that. But typically it's somebody is feeling internally, whether they have childhood trauma or abandonment issues, it really is about dealing with the inner child and realizing, look, we're adults now, the armor that you used when you were a child no longer serves you. Right now, we need to put on, take that armor off, which is painful and difficult and hard uh, because you've been with that armor for so long. However, 
you grow from that experience. And of course, you need to protect yourself from certain things and you put on new protective layers. Uh, but maybe now it's just sort of like an Under Armour protective layer. And it's not, you know, this big shield with the, yeah. you know, horse and the, and the dagger. So it's just it's just different than when you were five. Yeah, I love that. And I love the progression as well, right? Because somebody had the really eye of the storm for them to even conceptually release all the armor may feel so terrifying, almost like, you know, impossible in some capacities, right? So 100%. the concept of peeling the layers. And I, yeah. And I just, sorry, one thing I want to add, the first thing I tell all my clients, and this was something really important to quite a few people and even me through my struggles and journey. Um, is that somebody once told me, you're not always going to feel like this. And I don't know why mm -hmm. that just meant so much to me. It's kind of like, okay, so it, it's, it's almost like childbirth or getting a tooth pulled or breaking a limb, something. It's just knowing that the pain is eventually going to subside. For me, it gave me hope and it mm -hmm. gives clients hope and people hope that, you know what, all you need is the willingness to change. You yeah. need the work ethic, of course. You need to, you know, have certain tools in your toolbox to be able to cope with that. But it's just letting them know you're okay. I'm here. I'm your person. Like you, you tell people, you know, I'm here. I'm your person. Align yourself with uh, people that and love or things that can support you. And uh, so I think that's that's also very key. Yeah, absolutely. What comes to my mind is something that I've heard Dr. Gabor Mate talk about in his work with self-compassion, that he was interviewing someone and he asked the person how they felt with the situation that they perceived as negative. And he demonstrated how the mind of this very accomplished individual that had done a lot of personal development how his mind picked the worst case scenario that somebody was disrespecting him, blah, blah, blah. And then he could see how that really related to his childhood experiences of feeling disrespected as a child, like you said. And what Dr. Gabor, you know, made us co the connection is that the mind would usually default to the worst case scenario, right? So in the sense of what he said, if we have certainty and remind ourselves that this too shall pass, right? Even if we feel it's the worst case scenario, I think for me too, like it gives such hope that, okay, you know, let's get through this and process this. And there's light at the end of the tunnel, which for some people, that's all they need is to see the little tiny light, right? So that they can actually 100%. get there. And I, I think that's going to be one of my next tattoos, this too shall pass. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because I think if we realize everything's temporary, mm. number one, it's going to allow you to live in gratitude right? Yeah. Uh, it will also help you through difficult times. And, uh, you know, I feel that, you know, that this too shall pass and things like what you're saying, teachings and sort of evidence. Uh, and I think I saw something with Tony uh, Robbins as well, as you know, mm -hmm. I'm a certified life coach through Tony. Yes. And he brought somebody that was suicidal and uh, was talking to him and, you know, his facial looks at down and body language and then said, okay, well, you know, you know, your red shoes, they look absolutely ridiculous, right? Like you show up here in red shoes and the guy's like, huh, and, and they're laughing. And he's like, okay, so I just want to bring something to your attention here. You were suicidal 35 seconds ago. Now you're laughing about red shoes. So it's all about shifting the mind, right? It's yeah. not an easy thing, but it's possible. And yeah. as I said, for, for us as coaches, I think that's the only thing that 
that to me is a huge win to be able to show people that shifting your mind isn't as difficult as people believe it to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody say, and I don't have the quite the reference to quote the person, but um, I think it was a she, and she said that beliefs are thoughts we keep thinking. Right? It's like, hmm, yes, beliefs can be changed. Oh. It's like, oh, right? Like, you just kind of, yeah. all those little glimpses of perspective, some of them are groundbreaking, especially if somebody's hearing them for the first time, right? And something that I know we talked about before is that understanding that we are not the mind, right? Like the mind may see all the flaws and so on that has nothing to do with our inner perfection. And I think that is when I hear like your work, you know, the whole unbreakable concept for me, this is just my interpretation. I see it as the, the human parts of us will be broken. That's a life, but that perfection of our soul and our essence, that is unbreakable. Right. And it's just kind of like the, putting the two together becomes your story, which is what you, you know, do in your podcast to share really real transformative story. So anyways, that was, that was like, oh, a, a, thank you. And it's true because when I have people like yourself on my podcast uh, and you know, it, it really is about shifting, not necessarily talking about the business, but I want people to get to know you because you didn't get to where you are now yeah. by, you know, super easy and whatever you got there because of struggles and you got there because you fought for it and you got there because you had certain things that you needed to overcome. And I want, Mm -hmm. and I think you're the same. You want to share that, right? The last thing I'd like to share on this subject quickly. And uh, somebody that is a huge mentor to me said, said something to me and I was very annoyed by it. I have to say, (laughs) Because a lot of times, and I'm sure your clients are the same, because when you tell them some clients the truth yes. and some people the truth, <laughs> they're hard truths, right? Yes. And it's, it's said in a compassionate way. But if you work with me, you're only going to get the truth. And uh, and I've obviously aligned myself uh, with somebody that I personally work with. And mm-hmm. she said, feelings aren't facts. Because I said, I feel, and you know, I went on this whatever tangent. And she's like, just quietly listening. She says, yes but feelings are not facts. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, she's like, okay, let's take the facts that, you know, let's talk about the facts that create this feeling. And damn, I could only come up with one or two. And so she's just, it was always like, okay, is this feeling a fact or is it my mind either, you know, not seeing things properly mm-hmm. and not taking on different perspectives. And that helps ground me. Yeah, absolutely. Because so, a lot of times, that. yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And a lot of times we think we're feeling, but we're actually interpreting the feeling in our minds, like you said, and creating a story around it, right? Like, And by the time that we know, it's just like such like a, a tight ball of yarn that's hard to actually pull, you know, the piece that is reality. That's usually the analogy yeah, oh. that uses the ball of yarn. Oh, and I was going to say, I love, you. I love your analogy because that's so true. And I also say, Let's just say you and I, one of my favorite movies, everybody's going to laugh, is When mm-hmm. Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Love, mm-hmm. love, love. For so many reasons. I mean, it's got me buckled over and, you know, cheering and, and crying and whatever. Lots of different feelings. But some two people can watch the exact same movie. One person could be laughing, thinking this is just the best movie ever. The other person's crying. The other person's terrified. Oh, yes. The other person thinks it's mm-hmm. dumb. So it's the same thing. It's your perception. So if your yeah. perception is what belongs to you and it's right for you and it's serving you, then keep it. 
But if it's mm-hmm. not serving you, why are you hanging on to it? Yeah, absolutely. And something I want to touch to. No, it's a it's a really important question, and I think it is. It's where I like to start as well in weight release is with our perceptions because it's usually what's most accessible to people. Let's work with the mind because the mind is talking so loud anyways, and let's, you know, neutralize that a little bit. And I think even the capacity to hear when truth is said to us, like you said, like sometimes we hear something that's true that we need to hear and we're trying not to hear because the mind is like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want this to be true for me. And something that a mentor of mine said that I think is really related to this is that he says, when you care enough about the other person, then you're kind, not nice to them. And I think that telling the truth is pure kindness, right? Because you actually legitimately care that they make the progress or get unstuck, whatever it is, right? So I always have that discernment in my in my head when I tell people hard truths <laughs> because I actually do deeply care. Right. As opposed to being kind of like in a safe zone. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. And that, but that's what makes you the amazing person that you are and the amazing coach that you are. Because I think that a lot of um, people, unfortunately, it, you know, let's just say friends and family, they won't necessarily say the truth to them. Right. Yeah. And fair enough. But then how is, and again, I don't mean calling people out in a negative way. I don't mean hurting people's feelings. I mean, if somebody comes to you with a problem and it is blatantly obvious what it is, there's a way that you can sort of get them to see it in a kind way. Always Always. leading with, for me, kindness, respect, and empathy are three of the major, three of some of the major sort of things that I always lead with. And I I believe that you're the same. And if you do it that way, it's up to them. You know, you can lead a horse to water, right? If they're ready, (laughs) they're ready. And if they're not, they won't be, but they'll come back to you. Absolutely. And I think it's really the intention behind, right? Even whatever you say, like the purity of your intention. And I think that is really what, you know, allows, but we can be responsible for how people react or how they decide to take on their lives, right? And I think that is important part of that, you know, detachment, because I know you work in, in a very difficult industry, right? Like you're dealing with people and various different types of crisis that can consume a lot of our own energy. Um, So tell us a little bit about, because I really want to start shifting now to for women that are listening that work, say, in very male-dominated environments and they have this dream they want to pursue and every cell in their being is saying, go in this direction, but they feel a bit of friction or obstacles for that specific reason. Tell us a bit about your story and how you overcome or help others overcome the specifics of pursuing your dreams in a field or environment that feels full of obstacles, maybe for gender reasons or other reasons. And I love that question because, uh, you know, the short answer, which it's not a short answer, it's probably (laughs) three episodes of a whole podcast, of a (laughs) podcast series, but, uh, you know, it is always to just do it. Um, never give up on your dreams, regardless of gender or obstacles. You know, I say that throughout everything I do, because I got to be honest with you, I never really realized and, you know, not for lack of education or for knowing what's going on. I never realized or never allowed, should I say, gender to play a part in anything I did. I just did what I loved 
and loved what I did. Mm -hmm. And one of the stories that, you know, and, and it wasn't until I started telling my stories, uh, sort of in my thirties that people were like, oh, do tell. And I'm like, really, it's just a, you know, it's just my story. You know, even in high school, I remember the girls got shipped off to, you know, home ec and, uh, cooking and sewing and all that. And all of my guy friends got to go to auto. And I was like, oh, I'm switching out of here. And the teacher's like, yeah, not happening. And I was down at the principal's office for weeks. And he's like, nope, get back to class, get back to class. Finally, <laughs> I'm like, just tell me. Finally, he's like, fine, because you're a girl. And I was like, what? Like, I, I mean, I know I'm a girl, but I, you know, I want to own a car one day. To me, that's a form of independence. Yeah. Why can't learn that I don't understand finally I think he just wanted me the hell out of his office is he allowed me to go in so I was one of the fe first females to go into auto and many to come after uh you know that little incident and good for them and you know same with the private investigation industry I didn't know going into it it was you know a male predominant industry again maybe I should have done my homework but mm -hmm. I don't I don't live my life saying this is yeah. for boys, this is for girls, this is for this, this is for that. To me, this is for a human being, right? And yeah. so I just, again, I follow my heart, I follow my passion. Um, and so if you want me to tell you a little bit about my story, I was not welcomed at all in this industry a few decades ago. So I do know, uh, not because I researched it, because somebody called and, uh, you know, I had got nominated and won a few awards and uh, said that I was the first uh, female, uh, Canadian female to own a private investigation agency and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So wow. fair enough. And I felt really good about that. Not because it's like, hey, this is me. It was because, hey, this is me leading a path for other women. And if you love the industry and if you don't go into policing or into forensics or all the many criminology, all the many different other uh, fields that you can sort of pursue, yeah. this is a great one. And uh, I was not welcomed. I called many uh, people within the industry uh, for mentorship, uh, got my uh, the door slammed in my face by every single person except for wow. one person. Hmm. which to this day, I love, have a lot of love and uh, respect for him. Tom uh, is his name. And so I always give credit to him. I was actually threatened online, in person, on the phone. Wow. I had people come to my house, throw cinder blocks through my window. There was like a oh lot gosh. of stuff. And I just sort of put blinders on. I mean, obviously stuff happened and protection was put in place, but you know, at the end of the day, it was still, do I love this enough to continue? And it was like, yeah. yes, I do. And it wasn't, it's not that I don't love private investigation, because obviously I do. But my role really is about, you know, helping those people that call us on the other line with the 911 calls where it's, oh, my goodness, my partner stole my child. Uh, so it's missing children, the death of children um depleted of all assets uh divorce custody infidelity and the story goes on mm -hmm. and that's what i love is just being there for another human being and helping them through what they're going through to get to the other side and they all get to the other side i can promise you that and uh they have taught me i mean i feel like i have a phd in life experience because of my clients yeah nothing to do with anything i've done from a schooling perspective or an education perspective, it's what their resilience and their love and their compassion yeah. and 
their story has taught me, which has sort of led us to here. That is so beautiful. Like your story is incredibly powerful. And I know, you know, <laughs> but it is unbelievable. Yeah. And and the degree of things that you deal with and the experiences of people, I think the impact you do in the world is just so tremendous. And I, I think it's really inspiring to even hear something you said earlier in, in the story part that I wanted to point out that he said he didn't even realize, which was also my experience, that we were in industries that were male dominated, right? And I think that's really Isn't it funny. Cool. Yes. Funny? From my like, when did you when did you realize? Was yeah. it somebody had told? It was more somebody told me exactly. And it, obviously, it was obviously it was also the door slammed in my face and the backlash. Yes. But <laughs> how did you realize? Yeah. So for my you know, years in veterinary medicine, even though the curriculum was fairly female dominated, my specific niche in when I was in vet med, I was the only girl. And then when I did my master's in our laboratory was like 95% male. I was me and just a lab technician, only females in all of our department, like department group. And in corporate is when I realized because again, it was such me in various contexts because management was primarily um, male as well. And, or not management, C-suite was, and management was more female heavy. And that was when I started to really notice through conversations. We did a lot of traveling. So you hear things that are, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. And that is really when I realized that this was a thing, right? Because very much like you said, if you're just following your dream and you don't have the limiting belief, you may not even realize, right? Until the world puts all these labels and expectations on us. And then we go, oh, oh. <laughs> so I, I yeah, love like, that you said that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that did not stop me at all. <laughs> I know. And I, but I love, to me, I mean, hearing your story, it's inspirational mm -hmm. to me because I feel like there's sort of an innocence about it, right? Exactly. I, mean, I feel like you obviously were born and raised in a way that you know represented love kindness equality and empathy yeah. and not everybody else was but it wasn't until some somebody brought something to your attention or like you said it was blatantly obvious <laughs> yes and it was even and you know you might want to cut this out but i'm just going to be totally honest <laughs> one of my first mentors who i love to this day is oprah Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she, some of her advice helped me start my, my first business when I was 10. And so the story went and, you know, in high school, uh, somebody said, and I think we were talking something about business and they said, Oprah's your mentor. I said, yeah. And she was a woman of color. She, she whispered to me, you know, she's black. Right. And I went, no, is she? And she was like, kind of like, you didn't know. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I don't even know why you would say that. And I yeah. think for some reason, I totally forgot about that until I was writing my book. That was such a, I think that was probably the first internal signal that I got that there was that differentiating between women, races, yeah. and gender. And I just, I, again, to me, it was like, she's just an amazing human that that's the way that I looked at it. Right. Yeah. So I think the same where you just have this really raw innocence about you. So I love that. Yeah. And, and likewise, and thanks for sharing that. Like my experience was similar to that has been with ethnicities that when I was born and raised in Brazil, everybody 
was Brazilian for my understanding. <laughs> and then when I came yeah. here, I was called words such as exotic. And I'm thinking exotic. What does that even mean? Like, I know what yeah. <laughs> the word means, but how does that apply to me? Like, I'm just a normal person. And, you know, some people saying that I'm not a white girl, like all those things that I never had to consider or question or assess, especially when I lived in Toronto, you know, it started to become a thing, right? And I had a little bit of an identity crisis at that time because even the standards of beauty that I had growing up here were perceived very differently, more sexual and so on. So I kind of closed off, no cleavages, no red lips. So I, I kind of went through a little bit of a, who am I? Because my literally my world shifted 180, you know? So it's interesting, like you said, until the world reflects it back at us, we don't even know, right? We are just being ourselves 100%. and, you know, living our little lives. A hundred percent. And that is so very true. And it's funny because I remember um, having a, my PR company and, you know, working for corporate. I mean, I was always in the film and uh, music and athletes and whatever, but when I had a few corporate clients, it was always, well, you've got to dress this way. You've got to act this way, you know, tops up to here. And it was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but I'm not wearing a suit. You know, I, my designer jeans are, you know, the equivalent to what your suit is, if not more. And I'm not saying that to be sort of snotty, but it was just <laughs> kind of like, you know, no skirts, only pants suits. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I'm like, what? And yeah. I'm so you draw the box and I am so the perimeter and way out there, right? I, I don't it. conform to what people, you know, want us to be. You just, you've got to be you and whatever you're comfortable in, if it's jeans, if it's pants, you know, as long as you're respectful and kind and, you know, I think it's all good. And that is definitely part of your magic, no doubt. <laughs> I think the reason why you do this type of work is because of that specifically, like you're not born to be in a box and, no. We need this type of energy to be led, you know, otherwise we, a lot of people just settle in the box. I think that's all they can be and do. And I think you're all about not just breaking the box, but showing what else you can be outside of it. At least that's the real the impression that I get from, you know, listening to your work and all the conversations so far as well, which leads well, me. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure to my couple final questions. So tell us more about your show. I am unbreakable. Uh, and give us a little bit of an idea what the show is about your podcast. Well, you were a guest, so you would know, but mm -hmm. I'm going to share with everybody who doesn't know. So yes. thank you. So it mm -hmm. is about women like you, and it is about celebrating fearless, resilient, rock star women. And people will always look at me and say, mm, I'm maybe more of a pop star than a rock star. I'm like, nope, you're a rock star in my uh -huh. eyes. You've done A, B, C, D, and, and it is about celebrating our community of women that, you know, we're told they couldn't do it because of gender. We're told that yeah. they're not smart enough. They're not good enough. I think I had told you my story before. Maybe I didn't, but uh, in high school, I went down, you know, like most people do, march down to my guidance counselor. And when I was doing... Um, you know, they do the co-op and what you're going to do uh, mm -hmm. after you graduate. I wanted to be a lawyer. And basically, when I told my guidance counselor that he laughed in my face, he literally laughed in my face and was wow. like, oh, dear, you're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have the grades. Like, go get married, have a few kids. You'll be fine. And I was like, well, I want all that too. But first I want to be a lawyer. I want to go to school. And he's like, it's not going to happen. And so there was no mentorship. There was no 
leadership to take me to where I wanted to be. So I just thought, okay, you know, it, of course it hurt me and it, it stifled me a little bit what he had said, but it never stopped me because, you know, you're going to get kicked. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have roadblocks and bumps and bruises uh, along the way, but I never let things stop me from doing what I loved, which, you know, evidently is serving others. But um, just to sort of backtrack to what you uh, were asking, it really is about mentorship, community, and storytelling about how we, you, myself, and other women got to where they are with an education, without an education, with the grades, without the grades, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You never give up on your dream. You follow what you're passionate about and you don't give that up for anybody. And listen, if you want to change what your dream is, by all means, you know, take a right instead of a left, go straight instead of curving. That doesn't matter. But don't let obstacles get in your way, right? And don't let people or people's the outer influence, don't let the outer influence inside of who you are. So that's sort of the message. And that is, that's my purpose. That's my mission. I love it. And I'll make sure to link the episode that interviewed me on your podcast in the show notes below so people can access your show. And final question for you today, for anybody listening that's super inspired by you and they want to keep hearing from you, learning from you, what is a good place to find you online? They can go to YouTube at I Am Unbreakable. Perfect. And I'm going to put the link below for everybody listening. So if you're more of a click and go uh, person, it will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. And it's always a pleasure. I feel I can legitimately talk to you for hours and hours. Everything you say, I have like this, all this beam pink in my head and I have to really ground myself and <laughs> contain myself. <laughs> Otherwise, it would just be three hours for Thank you. I think we can go on and on. And thank you so much. I feel very blessed and honored to have been on your podcast. And I know that we're going to do great things together in the future and continue inspiring anybody who wants to uh, follow our path or something similar. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for your time again. I really, really appreciate you. (laughs) I appreciate you too. Lots of love. Lots of love. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.